0: Amen. Good to uh, see everyone. Good morning to you. All right, all right. We started a sermon series on last Sunday uh, talking about the attributes of God, um, the attributes of God. And so we started off that sermon series with the faithfulness of God. Uh, And I'm really excited about, I'm really excited about this sermon series. I'm really excited about Today's topic. uh, We have gone from talked about the faithfulness of God. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the power of God. Uh, The power of God. Uh, In the Bible, uh, and as it relates to the the study of it, uh, there are three omnis that you will hear in in regards to God. Uh, You may or may not have heard the word omniscience, Uh, it just means. Omniscience means that God is all-knowing, all-knowing, omnipresence, uh, that God is everywhere at the same time, that he is not uh, just here and there, but just everywhere, uh, that he's omnipresent. We're going to talk about the last one today, uh, that God is omnipotent. Uh, He is all-potent, all-powerful. So today we're going to talk about the power of God I'm really, really excited about about this. Uh, I'm always excited about being in front of you. Um, You have to excuse me last week. I thank you for being patient with me on last week. Uh, Two big issues, two major issues that we were dealing with last week that affected me. Uh, Number one, I was pretty sick. Uh, I was very sick and trying to overcome it and deal with it. Another issue even more important than my personal health, we had a rat in our house. Um, uh, John did not tell me that uh, when we were getting ready to move in uh, there was a rat in like in the house people oh uh, there was and not a not a mouse uh there wasn 't mice mice are cute, and they're about this big, but this monster. <laughs> that I saw going across, I've never, for the first time in my life, I went into my kitchen at 1 o'clock in the morning, cut the lights on to go get some cereal at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I saw that, and I changed my mind. I was like, well, I'm not even that." I was like, well, you can have the cereal then. I wasn't even, I wasn't even that hungry. Um, That happened for the first time this week. But thank God for Orkin. Orkin came out, they handled their business. Yes, yes, oh yeah! Praise God! Praise God for working. Um, they didn't just talk about it; they handled it. Um, and so I don't have that problem anymore. So I am freed up to preach the gospel. <laughs> I'm ready to go today. All right, we're going to talk about the power of God, uh, but first, let's pray. Oh God, I just thank you, uh, thank you for this chance, God, just to be uh, with family. Uh, in and around family, it's just, such a blessing. It's so energizing for me, God. Anytime I can be in this place uh, with my family here, uh, God, we love each other so much, and and it is, we thank you that you gave us each other, uh, that we encourage each other, that we build each other up. God, we ask that you preserve that in this place. Um, preserve that in this place, God. Uh, we don't want anybody to feel out of place. We don't want anybody. To feel rejected or ostracized in any way. Um, uh, We all have mess. We all have problems. And we're just trying to get through them together. Uh, God continue to help us to preserve that. We thank you for that. That we have that atmosphere here. Uh, I love it and I look forward to it. Uh, God we ask that you bless this time. Uh, This time belongs to you God. We ask that you dominate this time. Uh, Speak Lord. Fill this place. Holy Spirit with your presence. Speak to us, God. We, we need to hear from you. We need to hear from you. Um, speak to our hearts, Lord. God, if there be anything, any sin, anything that would stand in the way of you speaking or us hearing from you, God, we ask that you remove it. Right now, in Jesus' name, remove all distractions, regardless of what has happened this week, regardless of what we have been through. Remove all distractions in the name of Jesus. And God, forgive us of our sins. Wash us with your forgiveness, God, uh, that we might be in a good position to hear from you and receive from you. Uh, We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, talking about the power of God. God is powerful. God is powerful. Uh, God is so powerful that the Bible lets us know that he walks up on a funeral procession. And our God turns a funeral procession into a celebration because he's just powerful. The Bible lets us know that in the midst of a storm that he walks out onto uh, the bow, he walks out onto the, the part of the boat and he looks out on the water and basically says to the water, hush, stop all that noise. And the Bible says that immediately the winds the winds just stop. Because the master of the universe said it was time to be quiet. And so the Bible Bible says that that the disciples were in awe of it. They took a step back. Thank you, Jesus. They took a step back and said, who is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Our God is powerful. Our God is so powerful that he comes upon a little girl who has been said to be dead. And he says to the little girl, he, put his, he puts his hand on her and says, Talitha akuma, Which is to say, in their language, little girl, arise. And the little girl goes from being dead. She immediately, she wakes up. Because our God is powerful. But don't just take my word for it. The Bible says in Psalms 1911 that the earth tells of his glory. The earth tells of his glory. If you've ever been in an earthquake and felt the ground, the very ground shaking up under you, it is hard to deny that our God is powerful. Uh, Once I had... the. The experience of of being in a hurricane, Hurricane Hugo, uh, was part of the reason our family ended up coming here. uh, And and, uh, raise your hand if you were around for for Hurricane Hugo. You remember Hurricane Hugo. Uh, One of the most devastating in, in my lifetime. And it is hard to see that type of damage, to see what it was capable of and not experience some fear and awe. Hard to see that and not know that our God Is powerful. Hard to stand on the edge of the sea at the beach and see the waves, see the water crashing up onto the land and not think that, man, our God is powerful. That is why the Bible says that there is no excuse. Even if you have never heard the gospel, the Bible says that you should literally be able to look at the world around you and know that there must be a God. Our God is powerful. There are none of us that would not be here if it weren't for the power of God. And some of you may say, well, well, what about the love of God? And I definitely don't want to discredit the love of God. The love of God points to the fact that he wanted you here. But the power of God means that he was big enough and bad enough to do something about it. And despite the many issues, and, there's, and for every person in this room, there is an issue, there was a sin, there was an obstacle that stood between you and God. And because of the power of God, he overcame that issue that you would be able to be here. Alcoholism meant nothing in the presence of the power of God. Depression, that I've talked about so much, lust. Another one for me, it meant nothing in the presence of the power of God. Anger, hatred, whatever it is that you have faced or may even still be facing is nothing to the power of our God. Our God is powerful. Our God is powerful. And sometimes when we think of power, we think of uh, someone having power or power existing. Most times I believe that we picture someone being most powerful, most powerful. When you think about the president, even people from other countries will say that the president of the United States is the most powerful man in the world. And so in thinking about the president, we would say that the president of the United States, no matter who it is at that time, is the most powerful. But God goes a step further than that. If you go into a gym, you see a guy's Six six four hundred pounds, you would say, oh, he's the strongest guy in the gym. He's the most powerful. And it is true of God that he is the most powerful, but that's only, it doesn't just stop there. It's not that God is most powerful. Omnipotent means that he is all powerful. It means that there is no power outside of him. It means that all power belongs to him. You look at the guy in the gym or even the president. The president has power. He has the most power. You compare it to other countries. You would say he has the most power. He doesn't have all power. The guy at the gym, he's the biggest one in the gym. You would say, well, he's stronger than the other guys. He has the most power compared to them, but he doesn't have all power. But the Bible lets us know, uh, and Chris put it up, Psalm 62 and 11. Psalm 62 and 11, Uh, and David's talking here. He's saying, once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. And we're going to get back to that in a minute because that's not just good power. That's not just bad power. That's just power in general. All power belongs to God. He has all power. But there is this conflict because when you look at the world around you, there is no doubt, as we talked about before, there's power in the wind. There's power in the sea. There's power in an earthquake. I was watching First 48 the other night. First 48, for those of you who don't watch TV, if you do watch TV, First 48 is the best show on TV. If you haven't watched it, please make time to watch. First 48. They didn't pay me to do that. That is my favorite show, though. <laughs> the, this woman was talking about a man that had a gun to her head in a moment. And in that moment, and he didn't even pull the trigger, but in that moment, he had a gun to her head. And it was, she had to recognize the fact that in that moment, that young man had power. The president, of course has power, but how is it that God is all-powerful, but yet there is still power in other places? How is it that God is all-powerful, but still yet there is power in other places? Well, I want to answer that question with four letters. I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to answer that question with four letters, S, C, E, and G. Some of you are a little slow. I'm going to say it again for, for for that 20% of you that didn't get it. All right, uh, four letters to help you understand how, how omnipotence, all-powerful can exist, but there still be power in other places. Okay, four letters, S, C, E, and G. We would say that in regards to the Midlands, at least for the most part, that SCE and G, or at least in regards to electric power in this area, for the most part, we would say that SCE and G is all powerful. Okay, but yet the fact that electrically in this area, for the most part, that SCE and G is all powerful. Despite that, there's power at Applebee's. I was at McDonald's just yesterday. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, just yesterday. Uh, i 'm not there every day, but I was there yesterday. Just yesterday, there 's power at McDonald 's. there 's power at this power at my house, and there 's power at your house. And so, but that would be a loud power. We would say that at all these different places, that SC&G represents ultimate power, and that at my house, at your house, that we are experiencing, because of SC&G, a loud power. And so I want to look at the difference, and want you to see the difference between ultimate power and a loud power. If you don't believe that you are experiencing, at your place, a loud power, don't pay the bill. After the pink one comes in the mail. Seven days. Wait, seven days after the pink one? Most of you may not even know what I'm talking about. You've never seen the pink one. Yes, they go from sending you the white one for whatever reason to the intimidating pink one. I I, I never get that. I, I still don't understand that. Why the pink one was the one. If the white one didn't do it, why? The pink one was going to be the one that was going to seal the deal. But, now you know, Uh but we are all experiencing, and you're experiencing in your house because of S-E-N-G, a loud power. A loud power. The Bible says when the Bible, uh, we just see the word power in all these different places. But when the Bible in the New Testament is referring to the power of God, it uses the Greek word, dynamis. A Greek word, dynamis, which means ultimate power. But, in, but when it is referring to the power that the devil has, when it is referring to the power that the wind has, or anywhere else in the New Testament, it uses a different word. Again, we just see power in our version, but it is a Greek word, exousia. Exousia. And it just means delegated or allowed power. In Ephesians 2, when it talks about the prince of the air, the devil, and the power that he has, It says that he just has allowed power, delegated power, that God has allowed him. The only reason that he is experiencing power or has power at all is because God has allowed it. And so that may not make sense to you, but we need to know that God is not just a God of good power, bad power. He is just a God of of all power. Isaiah 9 says this, God said in Isaiah 9, good and evil alike have I created. Good and evil alike, God said, good and evil alike have I created. Away with this notion that we have on one side, in in the red corner we we have God who is in charge of all good and and he is just using good and he has good power at his at his disposal and in the blue corner we have the devil who is in charge of bad power and and he's using bad power and bad things and bad experiences he has he has cancer at his disposal he has disease at his disposal and he is using bad things But the Bible lets us know that God is in charge of all of it. He is not being opposed by the devil who is in control of good power, in control of bad power. God is in control, complete control of all power. One of my favorite verses is is Exodus 9. Exodus 9, chapter 1. I'm, I'm sorry. Exodus 9, verse 1 the Bible says in Exodus 9 verse 1 that God tells Moses, he says to Moses, go down to Pharaoh and tell the people, tell tell Pharaoh that I said, let my people go. If you don't believe it, go to Exodus 9 verse 1. God tells Moses, go down to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, I said, let my people go. 11 verses later, in Exodus 9, uh, verse 12, the Bible says that before Moses even got there, the Bible says that God hardened the heart. It says that the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And so God is not sitting here playing in, in, in this chess match with the devil, anticipating his moves, trying to guess what the devil was going to do next that he is literally not being opposed by anyone. If you read your Bible, it is clear that he is not being opposed by anyone. God, God has no opponent. He has no opponent. He is literally on both sides of the chess table playing with himself. It says, and and, and again, read it, verse 1, he's on one side of it, and he tells Moses, go down there and tell Pharaoh, I said, let my people go. Then God goes on the other side of the chess table, and the Bible says that the Lord, not the devil, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I want you to know that God is on both sides of it. This is the only reason that he can promise victory for us because he is literally on both sides of it. Only a God that is on both sides of the chess table can promise us the victory. Only a God that is on both sides of the chess table can promise us that he will win in the end. In John 19.11, the Bible says that Pilate is standing over Jesus, and he's trying to get Jesus to uh, admit to some of the things that he's done. And the Bible says that Jesus is kind of standing there, and he's really just half ignoring him. He's just half ignoring him, and Jesus is just standing there. And Pilate said to Jesus, hold on a minute. Don't you know that I have the power? Don't you know the power that I have over your life right now? And I could just see uh, Jesus smirking as he tells Pilate in John 19, 11, He said, the only power you have over me is the power that my father gave you. The only reason you're in this position is because he's on the other side of the chessboard too. The same God that sent Jesus is the same one, not a different God, the same one that allowed him to be crucified. Not the devil. We give the devil too much credit. And this is part of the reason we're doing this series. We give the devil too much credit. He is not in control. And as as it regards to your life and the things that you experience on a daily basis, he is not in control. The only reason that cancer or any disease or anything that you go through, the only reason that it happened is because God allowed it to happen. The only reason that you experience it is because God allowed it to happen. God is in complete control. And in realizing we can't talk about the fact that he has all power without talking about the fact that he is in complete control. He is in complete control. And that is the reason we serve him. That is the reason why David says in the 34 Psalms, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That even in bad times, I can say, God, you know what? Thank you. Because you're on both sides of it. I tried this the other day. I tried this the other day. I went to Cracker Barrel and I played uh, checkers. with. If you go to Cracker Barrel, you've seen the checkers out front. Cracker Barrel, checkers out front. They got some good biscuits inside too. Uh, but 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 they got but they got checkers out front. I went and I I, I was sitting on one side of the table and I made a move and then I went on the other side of the table and I made a move. This went back and forth for five minutes. Uh, by five by the time five minutes had gone around, I had somewhat of a following. Uh, uh, there were a few people watching. I don't think what I don't think they were admiring me, Rodney. I, I I don't think they were. But here's the thing about it. The thing, the one thing I realized, I didn't even finish the game, but the one thing I realized in playing checkers with myself is that no matter what, I win. No matter what I win, no matter how it goes down, I win. No matter whether I double jump or triple jump, I can go this way, that way, it doesn't really matter because I'm on the other side anyway, I am going to win. And that is why we've all packed it in this building to serve God, to worship Him, to praise Him. As David says, not only in good times, but in bad times. Because no matter what, our God wins. Our God wins. And if you have disease going through your body, He still wins. In good times, if your refrigerator is full, He wins. But if the refrigerator is empty he wins. If the bank account is full, he wins. But if the bank account is empty, he wins. No matter what you are going through, No matter what you are going through, I want you to know that God, and sometimes we go through things, and it feels in the moment things happen, and it's like, oh, that, that was a surprise to us, and we're reacting to it, and it seems like we're losing. We have moments in life where it seems like you're losing, and I want you to know. That if you, have, if you don't remember anything else today, if you have given your life to God and made him your savior, you cannot lose. You cannot lose. I'm not saying that life won't throw hardship at you, but I'm saying that you cannot lose. I'm not saying that you won't go through things, but I am saying that you cannot lose. That no matter what you win, no matter what, God will give you the victory. The Bible says not just good things or bad things, some things. The Bible says in Romans 8 that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. All things. God said, I'm using using all of it. I'm using all of it. I'm not just, I'm not sitting here waiting for the devil to make another move. I'm making all the moves. And in your life, you need to know, thank you, Jesus, that, the, that God is making all the moves. He is making all the moves. Don't be mad at the devil. Don't, uh, uh, some of you in here may be experiencing regret for things that you went through because of who did this and who did that and who left you and, and who did you wrong. And, and you need to rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. You are right where God wants you to be. God is literally, he has made to this point in your life, he has made all the moves. And guess what? You're still here. He has made all the moves. And you are here not because you are street savvy, not because you are, are so slick and you're good at getting in and out of trouble. No, 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 no. You are here because God, you serve a God who has made all the moves. That he is literally on both sides of the chess table. And the same God that called me to preach allowed me to experience depression. And that very same God turned around and saved me from it. That I would sit up here and have something to talk about. He wins. He wins, and that is why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I can praise him even in bad times because he wins anyway. And no matter what you are going through, God will get the glory out of it. Good will become of it. And you may say, well, Pastor, you you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the bad that I've experienced. You don't know the bad that I've seen in my life. I I, I was looking at, it is easy to look at some things and say, well, how how can good come out of this? How can good come out of this? It's easier to say when you're not going through it. But when you're in it, it's just that mindset. How can good come out of this? I was thinking about one of the most tragic, uh, one of the most tragic episodes in the history of our country, uh, looking at 9/11, and I, I know someone who is directly connected to 911 and when the planes, when the planes crashed into those buildings and all that that happened and I remember asking them, "How can good come out of that?" And you know what they told me that after 9-11... More public prayer took place after 9-11 than at any other time in the history of our country. After a tragedy, God got more glory after a tragedy than in any other time in the history of our nation. And so I want you to know that God is literally, he is literally using all of it. All things work together for the the good of those that love the Lord. And I want you to know that in your life, just as Romans 8 says, that God is using all of it. Stop trying to throw away certain experiences in your life. God will use all of it. Stop trying to forget about certain things that you went through in your life. God is using all of it. The molestation, don't throw it away. God will use that. The, the abuse that, that happened, uh, so someone, may, you, you may have been raped or this or that, don't throw it away, God will use it. I'm, I'll never forget the days that I, I had the gun to my head and I tried to pull the trigger. The first, I remember within months of that happening, even when I did come back to my senses, I tried to throw it away and said, I'll never talk about it. And said God said, you can't throw that away because I, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Just the other day, we were doing, uh, we were in the house, we were doing uh, just cleaning. And in the process of cleaning, it is this process where we look, we take something and we decide whether it's going to be used or not. And if it is going to be used, then we keep it. If we feel like it's not going to be used, then we throw it away. And I want you to know that in your life, in regards to your experiences, stop trying to do spring cleaning. Stop trying to forget about certain things that you went through or experienced. God will use all of it. The pain, God is going to use it. The hurt, he's going to use it. Somebody left you, that's good. Bring it to God, he'll use it. Somebody did you wrong. You were down to your last dime. You experienced the worst. Bring it to God. I promise he can use it. I promise he can use it. No matter what it is, there is nothing you've experienced that he cannot use. The Bible says that a, a, a little child uh, brought his, his his lunch to the Savior. And he only had Oh, I feel the spirit. He only had a few fish and a couple of loaves. And and in the hands of the Savior, it was nothing in his hands, but in the hands of the Savior, it fed a multitude. And I want you to know that that little thing that you might throw away and say, oh, well, God can't use this. That experience that you went through and you might say, oh, God can't use that. I don't want to talk about that. Just bring it to the Savior. Just bring it to the Savior and he'll fill his people. Let's pray. God, I thank you for all of your many blessings. I thank you for these, your people. God, this may sound crazy, but I thank you for what they've gone through. The good and the bad, the up and the down. God, you said in your word that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is worthy to be praised. God, we thank you for being a God who can use all of it. We thank you for being a God who is all powerful and can use any of it. God, please keep doing that in our lives. We need you to. Help us to not throw anything away. Help us to not throw any experiences away, no matter how they scarred us or bruised us or hurt us. But help us to keep all of it, knowing that in the hands of the Master, It can feed the multitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. This audio is provided as a free ministry of Radius Church. If you would like to reproduce this audio, please feel free to do so. We ask that you do not charge for any reproductions that you make. If you would like to know more about Radius, please visit us online at radiuschurch.org or download our app from your App Store.